the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. The views, opinions, and conclusions expressed in the following program are those of the host, guests, and or callers, and not those of Relmar McConnell Media Company, our corporate divisions or entities, the Exxon Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, our staff, management, advertisers, broadcast affiliates, and affiliated broadcast networks. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring evolving truth through fiction. As all indigenous cultures understood, stories hold great power. Through seeming fiction or myth and legend, storytellers implanted expanding possibilities into the group consciousness of their people. Modern examples of this are Star Trek, or the series, or, uh, the Star Trek series, or the movie Star Wars. These stories have planted the possibility of life existing throughout the galaxy, potentially useful for future adaptation of human species should we encounter life forms from off planet. While that might seem far-fetched, statistically speaking, the probability of the Earth being the only planet with intelligent life is virtually impossible. What else can the power of stories prepare us for? Can we expand our consciousness and evolve spiritually through fiction? On the other hand, what's the effect of not-so-enlightening stories, the ones full of violence and distortion? Are we being manipulated by stories we're being fed? How can we tell the enlightening stories, those that serve the evolution and expansion of truth, from those that will most likely cripple us? With this is our to explore the power of stories is Sarian Michael White. Sarian is the author of Roya Sands and the Bridge Between Worlds, a spiritual channel and global messenger of humanity's peace potential. 
As an international speaker and intuitive consultant, Sarian's workshops, conferences, and private readings have touched the lives of people throughout the world. Sarian has taken the truth-telling through fiction approach to convey a series of highly relevant teachings through his new spiritual adventure series titled after the main character, Roya Sands. His website, royasands.com. Sarian, thanks for joining us on Mission Evolution. Yes, thank you for having me. What's your educational background? Well, I am very self-educated. I have always loved to read. I've done my own research since I was very young. And even though I've had some college, most of my background of really relevant education came from my own research and seeking out mentors. I've had mentors that had PhDs, people that were very highly adept at different skills. And, uh, yeah, that's really fed into uh, quite an unusual educational experience that's taken me all over the world. What is an intuitive consultant? Well, intuitive consultant is kind of a, you know, it's a baseline term for what I do. I work intuitively as a coach. I consult uh, people about things going on in their lives. But that really ranges into a lot of other things that, uh, more often than not, reaches into other realms of experience, especially where we can experience our spiritual guides or a form of divine overlighting guidance that is at work in our lives. So one of the things that I do with people is I introduce them to their spiritual guides, and often I will channel their guides to them, for them, and give them awareness of how the guide wants to work with them in life. So what education is required to become an intuitive consultant? Well, I got inspired when I read a book called Opening to Channel when I was 17 years old by Sinea Roman and Dwayne Packer. And that book is still one of the most highly recommended and, and best resources for people wanting to learn how to channel their own spiritual guides. And when I read that, I knew that that's what I wanted to do with my life, that I wanted to channel and bring through new concepts of spiritual science and awareness for people. I didn't know that I was going to be doing it as a private consultant. That came a bit later when I was approached by a whole group of ascended masters that appeared to me in meditation and basically said, we want to start channeling through you and we're going to have you doing individual sessions for people. That was a surprise to me at the time. And from that moment forward, I was receiving an in-the-moment direct experience of training from these ascended beings. So I like to think of it as on-the-job training. So you indicated your work, you, you know, you're indicating your work and teachings are channeled. What exactly do you mean by that? Where are you getting your information? Well, I've always been kind of a visionary and have gotten a lot of information through dreams. I have a, a an ability to travel out of body, which over time I've been able to use that to travel into the future, into the ancient past, into parallel versions of Earth. So some of the information that I bring through and that gets woven into the stories that I write comes from those kinds of remote viewing out-of-body experiences. But then I'm also aided and assisted by spiritual guides that are, in the case of this fiction story, quite literally inhabiting the roles of the characters that I'm writing about so do and you helping have, me like a creative team. Do you have shamanic training? Um, I would say not so much in this life, but I have been gifted with memories from other incarnations that have shamanic training. So I do have experiences with shamanic abilities 
and I have led people through shamanic processes, and that just comes spontaneously. It's not something that I you know, learned from a teacher in this lifetime. So your name Sarian, that's rather unique. Uh, where'd, you, where'd you get it? What's its origin? Well, I received that name through a channeled reading with a spiritual master named Louis Dordan Prix, and he received that name for me as an angelic name, and it answered a question that I'd had since I was in my mid-teens. I was 22, I think, when I received that name. And I had been asking and praying to God, like, please reveal to me a, another name that resonates with my soul, because I, you know, I believe I have another name other than my earthly name. And so I adopted that and became part of my, my full name now. Sorry, I'm Michael White. Michael White is my birth name. It, it's a common concept among uh, indigenous people to have a spirit name. Is this like a spirit name? Yeah, I would say it is like a, a spirit name. So where exactly are you getting information? If you don't have any shamanic training to uh, um, make it clear to you who you're talking to, how can you tell? Oh, I know exactly who I'm talking to. Uh, I, I always know who I'm talking to. I have very, very clear discernment, and I'm also able to not just receive the information from in the body, but I very often will travel out of body and see these guides face-to-face in their realm. So I know a lot about the beings that I'm working with. The Master Jesus was the first Ascended Master teacher that came to me and overlit my training, and then gradually he began to introduce me to other masters and angels, and it just became a process of integrating with more and more of what's available to humanity to source our evolution. So there's a lot, there's the good, bad, the ugly spiritually out there. You're able to tell that the information you're coming from is a reliable source, that they aren't just uh, putting on a face? Yes, because that was one of the first things that the Master Jesus did with me, is to give me a very highly accelerated and advanced training and discernment. So I was shown the different types of beings that are acting to deceive humanity. I had experiences with them. I saw how their consciousness works. I saw the methods they use. And my discernment evolved very, very quickly after that. And I've continued to have experiences over time where I am able to discern less than light energies that are manipulating in various ways. So there's there's a pretty clear line of distinction for me, whereas the line might be still blurred for people that don't have this level of discernment, it's very easy to distinguish um, from where I'm at now. You know, some people tout their latest, greatest ideas having been channeled when indeed it's not. How can our listeners tell the difference between actual channeled material and counterfeit? That is a really good question. Uh, I'm thinking about an experience I had where I actually received a channeling from a group of beings that wanted to work with me. And it was enticing. It was interesting. There was somewhat of a love vibration in it, but something was also a little bit off. And so I went to Archangel Michael, who for me has been like a kind of a clearinghouse that has helped me to, uh, to vet information when I have on occasion had contact from uh, guides like this that are you know, might have a little bit of an agenda. They're not coming from the highest realm that I normally communicate with. And so Archangel Michael was able to show me, okay, this is what the agenda is of these beings. This is where they still have some attachments in their consciousness. 
this is what you need to look out for. And once I was cleared of any uh, attraction I had to their energy, my discernment went up to an even higher level. And I haven't had any kind of interference from um, beings like that wanting to work with me again because I can see through their agenda. And that was a really long time ago. But, um, you know, the angels the, and the archangels have been like a clearinghouse. Pretty much any being that works with me has been vetted through those energies. Well, we're going to have to take a short pause here pretty soon. But on the other side of the pause, I'd like to get a little bit deeper into the archangels, what they really are and what we're dealing with there. Are they metaphorical? Are they actually things that fly in on wings? Uh, it's a fascinating sub subject. So it is time, however, for a commercial break. Sarianne and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.exed.com. BN.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on Skype Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center 
designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Sarian Michael White. His website, royasands.com. Um, as promised, let's talk a little bit about angels. Um, are they literal? Are they archetypical? Uh, what's your understanding on that? Well, uh, for me, I've had a lot of very profound, visceral experiences of angels. Uh, seeing them, hearing them, traveling into the realm where they exist, and experiencing incredible synchronicities. One of the things that I've found is that angels can very much interact with our physical lives. They can create synchronicities and miracles that happen. So when you acknowledge their presence in your life and you talk to them, you acknowledge them, you give thanks for them, it creates a reciprocity that starts to show up, and then they will let you know that they are there and that they hear you and that they're responding back and that they are a part of your life. So that's a real experience for me. It has been for a long time. But if you want to talk about the origins of them, going all the way back to the very first movements in creation that gave birth to creation itself, these were movements and creations of sacred geometry. And so the original sacred geometric pattern of creation created an, an experience, an awareness, a a matrix where there were many points of reflectivity and those points of reflectivity became the first beings and those first beings were angels. That is the origin of the angels, the beings that come from within that pattern that hold it sacred and that co-create with the one through that pattern. So the angels, in a way, they represent an aspect of that original consciousness that is always there to guide us back into alignment with the original creation pattern, which is one of harmony, balance, and unconditional love. But wasn't Lucifer an angel? Yes, that is true. And from my experience of reading the Akashic Records of the Universe, uh, the, the Lucifer Rebellion did, in fact, happen. Uh, I don't know how, how accurate the depiction of it was from you know, biblical sources and other sources, but what I saw was that Lucifer was a being that sought to manipulate and distort the creation pattern and to create a separate reality with it. And as a result of doing that, uh, Lucifer was not kicked out of heaven, but was allowed to do this, was allowed to create this experiment. And even though it wreaked havoc on creation, more good has come out of it than evil because it has given birth to a whole new vibration of consciousness that is based in compassion, self-love, self-mastery. And so, as I understand it, that particular being that 
entity, that energy is no longer uh, able to influence our reality. It's been cordoned off and quarantined. And even though there are still ripple effects that are rippling through the matrix that are being sorted out, that are left over from that rebellion, we are well on the other side of uh, this original event that wreaked havoc in our universe. Well, how can you tell that, that, that the um, um, experiment is actually done and that who you're talking to isn't Luciferic in nature? Well, I experience the, you know, beings like Archangel Michael, that there is a quality of love that is undeniable and the guidance is so pure. It, it comes through as a guidance that is always affirming of life and love and empowering and supportive and gives you a feeling of coming into alignment with your purpose. And that's a very clear, visceral feeling. Um, I have had some experiences of um, memories of the fallen angels. And so I know what those beings feel like. And there's no way that they can mimic that love vibration. It's just they don't have the love vibration. They're not able to mimic it. Now, I have seen something that's maybe a little closer to what you're asking about, which is the way that astral beings can wear masks and can masquerade as uh, things that they are not. That actually does happen quite a lot. However, any discerning person that has begun to open their heart would be able to feel that most of those energies do not hold a love vibration. And the heart really knows all the time. If you really look into your heart, you know the truth. It's only when the heart is closed that the mind is able to be more easily deceived by illusion, by the way things are presented. There's nothing like that heart-mind binocular vision, is there? Yeah, it really is amazing. Um, so let's get into stories a little bit. This, the power of stories has been used since, well, dawning of time. And um, now I'm wondering how much it's being misused. Would you speak a little bit to what is the power of stories and how can we uh, discern what stories to uh, expose ourselves to? Well, I've always been fascinated by this subject and, and by the idea that, for example, our news media uh, for, you know, has been used or is being used as a tool of manipulation to very subtly implant narratives in human consciousness. And the idea was presented to me a long time ago that the way in which news media affects consciousness has been studied by those that want to manipulate us. And so if you think about the idea that we create our own reality, that our thoughts create and project what's happening in the world, if we don't know that, and yet somebody does know that and knows how to tweak our consciousness to get us to project the reality that they want us to project, then that's a really interesting thing to consider and to be aware of. So is that happening? I would say, yes, it is happening. But there are also incredibly empowering ways that stories and narratives are being given to us that are counteracting that, that are presenting us with choices that do vibrate with a higher potential and with a timeline of progression into higher and higher states of consciousness. So we have both going on. You're absolutely right. We do need to be discerning. Um, my favorite example of the way uh, you know, positive stories and narratives are being used or have been used is the Celestine Prophecy. Uh, I, that was one of the books that really inspired me greatly when I first started to awaken. And 
the idea of channeling and receiving and passing on a teaching tool in the form of a story like that was part of what led to the creation of the Royal Sand series. When you, I, I love that that book, um, the Celestine Prophecy. I agree with you. It just really presented something in such a, a receivable way. You're engaging the imagination. Um, what do you know about what part the imagination plays in expansion of reality? Well, from my perspective, we are all co-imagining and co-dreaming this reality. And we don't realize that it's a dream. But I think if you talk to anyone who you know, claims to have had an awakening or describes an awakening at some point, they might feel that they are awakening from uh, a reality where they didn't know they were dreaming, and now they have become conscious that this is a big holographic construct, that this is a dream. We are co-dreaming. We are influencing reality with our consciousness. And the more aware you become of the power of intention, the more conscious you can become about how you set your field of intention and what you do with intention. So I am experiencing that there are incredibly powerful things that we can do with intention and that we can affect each other's consciousness. We can inspire each other to vibrate in different ways as electromagnetic beings. And when we realize that vibrations like joy are contagious and that we can tap into joy as a frequency in the universe that is a part of, of a greater reality that is sourcing our spiritual growth, then we realize the power of intention and how we can awaken the world with sharing our vibrations of joy in a very conscious way. So where exactly is, does intention originate? I mean, we know that stories and imagination is um, kind of like the language of the heart, if you will. Uh, but intention seems a little different. Where does it originate? Well, I think it all originates from within the soul. Uh, being, certainly you can form intentions that are uh, coming more from the mind and from an element of mind that is not fully connected to the heart. You know, that is also possible, and that is also where a lot of people do come from in their intentions. Uh, you know, it's a construct inside of the mind that comes from an intent to create. And then there is the most empowering form of this, which is when we are aligned with the blueprint of our soul, and the soul is downloading into us intentions that are part of our soul's blueprint and our passion our passion to co-create with humanity in the earth. So you're kind of talking about the difference between um, a life purpose that came when we came and a mental construct of working your will into the world. Yes. How can you tell the difference? Well, those two things can be aligned or they can be misaligned. I think a lot of what we are doing is to align our self-will with uh, you know, what we would describe as an element of divine will that is at work in our lives. So how can you tell the difference? Well, um, when people are pursuing cravings, for example, they are following attachments. They are following uh, the self-will uh, desire to, to distract from alignment with divine will because of a fear of surrender, because of a fear of losing control. So when people come from a place of trying to control their reality, then that's very apparent. It's very 
different than when you see somebody who is at peace because they are very surrendered to what is happening. With well, surrender it sounds like we, it's, it's time for another short pause. We'll look at surrendering into peace on the other side. Sarian and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break. You stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Dot future of God, amen, dot com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, missionevolution.org, bringing leaping-edge information supporting the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. We're speaking with Sarion Michael White, his website, royasands.com. Sarion, I'd like to, to get in a little bit, you know, back to the, the story issue. How can we um, use stories to expand our reality? Well, I think that the the most powerful and most basic concept of this might come down to uh, affirmations. You know, if you look at the the power of affirmations as a way of creating a narrative for yourself, um, that gives you a good understanding of how we can build upon that ability to um, to command a higher potential 
and to call forth a higher potential that becomes a guiding force in our lives. So I think that when we talk about fiction stories, for example, we're talking about tapping into potentials that already exist, that already have a, a future that is reaching back to connect with us as a guiding force. I come from the perspective that we are not living through time in entirely a linear way. This is not uh, time moving from the past into the future, that actually an already existing future is having a causal effect on the past. And so what I'm endeavoring to do with writing stories, and what I think uh, you know, quite a lot of people are, are doing this as well because they're tapping into the power of this, is to allow that reverse causation process to guide the stories that we're creating, to guide the narratives in a way that connects us with our future potential so that that future potential begins to interact with our consciousness and it informs the narrative of our, of our lives. Are you familiar with Derek's Law? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, he's a scientist, and he has a mathematically proven formula that says causality is equal parts from the past and from the future, but can only take place in the present. So it sounds like that's what you're talking about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if we're writing stories in the present for ourselves, you know, we're sitting there daydreaming, or how about children doing make-believe? Isn't that a natural way of working with these stories in the present to recreate our future? Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of recreation. We're constantly recreating ourselves and recreating reality in our own imaginations. And once you realize your power to recreate yourself in each moment, then you start to live a different life. You realize that you can reprogram yourself out of any of the uh, limitations and the residue of old more limiting beliefs that we may have inherited or were imprinted with from earlier generations that didn't have this same knowledge about our ability to create reality with our consciousness. So doesn't that just about make psychics obsolete? Um, well, that's an interesting question. Because it seems I like we're doing that, that more rapidly and more profoundly now than in times past. And so we're literally changing the future. How yeah, do they read that? That's absolutely true. Um, personally, I think that um, the, the people that can play the most valuable roles as coaches, as influencers, even though they may be uh, employing some psychic ability, uh, that's just one element of, of what people do that are um, acting in that capacity to um, empower somebody's growth. You know, uh, I personally wouldn't go to somebody who is just claiming to be a psychic or is you know, there to provide, provide psychic information because you're right. Anything that anyone sees has only a possibility of coming true because you can recreate yourself in any moment. The very first time I had a reading, somebody predicted something and I saw, wait a minute, that's not what I want to happen, and I changed it. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that what they saw was not true, it might have been true until I made a different decision. So I think it's still helpful to have lots of different perspectives. Well, to be the devil's advocate, what about the psychic tells you a story and you buy into it and create it, even if it's not that, your liking? That also happens, and I would always suggest that people be very discerning. I know when I work with people, um, I support them to recreate themselves, and I think that any good coach... Uh, would do that if somebody was 
uh, not honoring the in- integrity of the other person's sovereignty, then, how, how yeah, they we... might just speed you astray and not seek to empower you to recreate yourself. Well, you, you spoke at the beginning of the program um, that there is no formal training and there is, you know, I assume there is no regulation. How can people be discerning when they're looking for someone to coach them? Well, I think that at first it's important to recognize that, that it is important to be very discerning. There's a lot of people out there that are you know, passing themselves off as um, you know, psychics or channels or whatever and that are, are not operating at a very high level of integrity with their own so, spiritual source. So, so what, makes, what makes what you're offering different? How can people tell? Well, I don't come from a place of uh, focusing on uh, you know, making psychic information the most important uh, thing about what I do. That may come into play, but what I care about is listening to the heart and soul of an individual and listening for the reflection of their higher potential speaking through. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to shine a light upon the best of who a person is that's, that's already starting to shine through so that they can see the value of themselves and they can recognize themselves. You know, I'm just here to be a mirror for people, to help them see the best of their nature and to acknowledge it so it comes to the forefront and they can see the difference between that and whatever is going on inside of their consciousness not serving them. If... Um... If your guides have been giving you all this information, how do you know it's not just personal information rather than something to be imposed on others? Well, the kind of information that comes through, uh, it's interesting because um, I know that there are a lot of psychics that uh, give readings that are kind of prediction-based, and that's not really what I do. Uh, The guides that come through me are supporting people to feel the truth of who they are in a way that is a a visceral experience for people. And people usually find that there are confirmations and synchronicities where they've had an awareness of something and they didn't have anybody else that was there to mirror that back to them because it was an inner experience. It was something subtle. It was something that was coming through their inner senses. And a lot of what happens when I work with people is that Uh, the guides will bring through an awareness or a description of reality that that person maybe has never shared with anybody or it was an inner experience for them. And so the information validates their actual inner experience. It doesn't lead them away from their experience. It validates it and it confirms it so that it helps them to feel the strength of who they are. And again, how, you know, what, what turns you around to um, use this on behalf of others versus using it as a personal growth and development tool? Well, I have been asked to do that uh, by the guides, and people keep coming to me wanting my support. So there's a, you know, a perfect storm there. And the other aspect of it is that the act of serving and the act of uh, using this type of uh, inner work with the guides as a tool for personal growth is one and the same. So I humbly see myself as the student of the same master teachers that I am channeling for people. Uh, So anything that the masters bring through for someone else may also have a message in there for me. And so I look at the process of working with people as a process of co-evolution. So I'm very humble about how I go about uh, 
approaching this process. And you know, I try to really have as little ego as possible and to just get out of the way and allow the masters to, to work through me as a conduit. So, well, we have, we have just a little bit of time left in this segment. Um, and, and I was wanting to approach, um, let me see, I almost lost my train of thought here. Oh, yes, it seems like this work requires, um, it's, it's a huge responsibility, and it requires a particular level of clarity. What does a person have to do in order to clear their issues in order to be on deck to do this? Well, there has to be a very strong intention inside of a, of a person for a greater accountability, uh, really moving out of victim consciousness, uh, a willingness to confront fears, insecurities, uh, to defeat cravings, self-purification. If you have self-purification as a very strongly rooted commitment to your spiritual growth, that's what makes you available to the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and it allows you uh, to uh, experience them supporting you through the process of becoming a clear channel. What is self-purification? I hope it's not wearing a hair shirt, right? No, well, self-purification for me has been a lot about letting go of attachments, letting go of fears, and uh, like I said, rising in accountability, taking um, responsibility for everything that I create instead of, you know, you see something goes wrong in your life or there's disharmony, you don't blame it on others or you see yourself as a victim. You look at, okay, how is this a reflection of myself? How is this reflecting what I'm holding in my consciousness so that I can see myself in the mirror of what's happening and I can take ownership of my experience? When you come from that way of looking at life, then you accelerate your spiritual growth very, very quickly. So it sounds like you're talking about developing a witness within. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, got about 10 seconds. How can you start doing that? Ooh, we might want to get into that in the next segment. Okay, because, well, uh, we will. That's a big subject. We'll hold that. Thought. I'd love to talk about that, though. It's, it's hugely important, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, well, it is time for that needed break. Um, on the other side, we're going to talk about how can we take self-responsibility? How can we develop that witness that everyone so much needs? Sarian and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You stay right there. We'll be back. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today.
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's been on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Sarian Michael White. His website, royasands.com. We were going to talk about how does one develop that inner witness so that we can step out of victim and step out of blame and uh, become empowered. Well, it begins with starting to ask a series of questions about what's happening in your life. So you start to practice a form of self-examination where you're constantly asking, you know, what is the message in this thing that just happened? What is the gift in it? Uh, what is this here to teach me? So that is a way of stepping out of victim consciousness. The moment that you feel like you're going into victim consciousness, it's good to be aware of that because, you know, we, we may all have a little bit of that inside of us. Some of us have a lot. Some of us have a little. But actually clearing ourselves from it is something that happens in layers. So you need to recognize when you go into it and then pull yourself out of it and say, okay, wait a minute. Why did my soul need this experience to happen? Why did I call this forth? And you also want to work with the assumption that, I did call forth everything that has happened to me, every single thing from the most challenging things, the most joyful things, the most painful things, that there was a reason why my soul needed this to happen for spiritual growth. And when you come from that assumption, then it helps you to stay aligned with the self-examination process. How could a person tell they're in victim? I had a student the other day really having trouble wrapping her head around the concept. And, of course, she was firmly implanted in victim. So, but how, how can you tell when you're there? It seems like it's... Um, 
kind of a numbing place where you slip into it and you don't even know. Yeah, well, when you are left with a feeling of not knowing why something happened or feeling that life is unfair, that's probably one of the easiest ways to tell. If you're feeling that life is unfair or that something that happened is unfair, and you can hear yourself saying, this is unfair. Well, it, it's true. There, there are experiences that are unfair in a sense, and yet we attract those. We create those for a reason. There's a reason why we needed those to happen. So if you hear yourself going there and allowing that belief that life is unfair to be your narrative and to be the way in which you are describing your reality inwardly over and over again, then you can tell you're in victim consciousness. And this is the other piece. It's really, really important. We're constantly describing reality to ourselves all the time. We are narrating our lives. So you have to start to become aware of your own narration and to listen so those to it old, and those to old say, tapes. Yeah, exactly. Listen Where to the narration and see. Well, it begins in childhood. I mean, some of it is imprints from our parents, uh, stories that we made up about the nature of life here on Earth in a body from a very early age. And sometimes it takes a while to actually sort through those and to recreate them. Is, are there uh, universal stories that we're all kind of bought into and then familiar stories and then personal stories? Yeah, I would say all of those are true. Uh, certainly there are some, I don't know if I call them universal stories uh, that we bought into. You know, if we are looking at a universal story, a universal story is going to be, um, you know, really inclusive of a much wider reality. But, I, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, more of the, the human collective. And, yes, there are human collective stories that are very old where we have bought into our poverty, bought into victimhood, bought into uh, limitation in various ways. So those human collective stories, aren't they the ones that have built the uh, archetypes, the angels, the gods and goddesses, et cetera, et cetera? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'll answer that by talking a little bit about, for example, the, uh, the Greek gods and goddesses. So, of course, to us now, these seem like mythological beings. They must have been uh, figments of the human imagination, but as a soul traveler, and as somebody who's been going through a very unusual education process with my spiritual guides, where I'm sometimes able to travel out of body and travel back in time and to look into the Akashic Records, I was shown that there were, in fact, um, a group of beings that played the roles of these gods and goddesses, and they weren't merely figments of humanity's imagination. They were an aspect of our interface with the higher realms, and it was... Um, in a way, it was like us talking to and interfacing with humanity's oversouls, with the various aspects of our collective higher self that we were able to uh, have an understanding of at the time. So our understanding of God, our God concept has evolved over time, and our experience of how higher consciousness interacts with us has also evolved over time. So there was something to it. It wasn't only mythology. I mean, it's a you know, much bigger story that we don't have time for now, but... This was not only uh, something that we imagined. It was being co-imagined with us by these higher beings. So it sounds like you're talking about bandwidths of frequency, that each archetype um, was a living bandwidth of frequency that then took on that persona for us in our myths and legends. Yeah, that is, that is a, a good way of describing it. I mean, that is certainly one way of describing it. Well, you say we've evolved spiritually, but it looks like it's gotten pretty doggone dogmatic to me from the times that we interfaced in that way to when we go into the Bible-thumping era. 
Well, you know, they say it's always darkest before the dawn, and I think that we are uh, having a little bit of that. You know, we are approaching the dawning of a more enlightened era, and uh, I wouldn't say that 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 dawn has happened for um, for the masses yet. Right now, for the masses, it's like the it's darkest before the dawn. But there are maybe some you know more advanced human beings that have already sort of crossed the threshold and are um, you know bringers of light and that are showing us that there is uh, an, another light field reality that we're moving toward. But it, that incoming light is also bringing up everything that doesn't resonate with light. Yeah, that's that that, that's transmuted. when you have to ro- that's when you have to roll up your sleeves, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do you see humanity's evolutionary potential? Well, I'm having a, a very real experience of that evolutionary potential in that, um, you know, I'm having very much very beautiful experiences of uh, empathy and connection with people and seeing through other people's eyes at times. And so there is a way in which the the separation consciousness is starting to break down and allow us to have these kinds of empathic uh, group consciousness experiences with each other. So I'd like to think that we're going to have more of that and that the barriers are going to get broken down. There's a term in the book, Roya Sands and the Bridge Between Worlds, that speaks a little bit about this, and it's betweenergy. And betweenergy is a place of balance between every two souls and every two people where you can't tell where one soul ends and the other begins. You so know, I've, I've experienced... Between us. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, ex- I've experienced uh, this increasingly, where um, the, the veil between personalities, personas, thoughts, feelings, empathies is thinning and thinning and thinning. And I've also noticed that some people find that very destabilizing. Um, how can we find stabilization through this destabilization process? Well, it's uh, a process where there are certain evolutionary pressures happening because there is new light that is dawning. The betweenergy, uh, the presence of betweenergy is increasing and being energized, and so it is causing a breakdown of the barriers. And so it's just through experience and through encountering these different experiences that we're being tested out of our separation consciousness. And yeah, some people might find that uh, there are experiences that seem destabilizing in this evolutionary process, but it won't continually be that way. The fear comes up, the resistance comes up, and then it abates, and then it gets handled in different ways, and the next experience they have of opening is different. What are your hopes for humanity's future? Well, my hope is, uh, I don't believe, not merely hope, it is informed by a very clear vision that has inspired me for many years now, and that is the possibility that we could experience the dawning of a lasting global peace consciousness, that we could actually see a peace arriving in our world that ends all wars, and that we could actually see that in this life, in the lifetimes that we're living now. I actually believe that that is possible, and that's what I'm working toward. That's a beautiful vision. <laughs> how, how can we become, um, the listeners, you, me, all of us, how can we become a bridge to a more enlightened world? I think that one of the most powerful things that we can do is to become more loving towards ourselves, to practice self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion, and self-purification. If we purify ourselves of unloving thoughts and unloving ways, then we are giving the gift of our loving nature to the world, and that gets passed on through our ripple effect. 
So one of the best things that you can do is to change yourself and reform and refine yourself. You know, some people think like, well, how could I ever change the world? And some people are out there trying to change the world and they don't realize that uh, they need to purify themselves. Otherwise, everything that they do outwardly is going to also carry the resonance of their unloving consciousness. So when you purify yourself, when you become more loving toward yourself and uh, really care deeply about your own health, your own, uh, your own heart, then you are going to be able to access the true tenderness and all-encompassing nature of love because we're willing to give it to ourselves. So it goes back to um, the, the words over the gate to the temple, know thyself. Know thyself and be the change you wish to see in the world. <laughs> Both very profound advising statements. Very profound. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been a real, real pleasure to visit with you. And as always, time has flown, but now we're out of it. Sarian, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Our guest this hour has been Sarian Michael White, the author of Roya Sands and The Bridge Between Worlds, spiritual channel and global messenger of humanity's peace potential. His website, RoyaSands.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at MissionEvolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wojcicki on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, 
Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. <laughs> 